0: This is a Culture Inject production. The Nevers Podcast presents In Conversation With.
1: Tim Levin is a British horror and dark fantasy writer and New York Times bestselling author. Tim's short story, Reconstructing Amy, won the Bram Stoker Award for Short Fiction, and his novel Dusk won the 2007 August Arloff Award from the British Fantasy Society for Best Novel of the Year. Tim's novelization of the film, 30 Days of Night, became a New York Times Bestseller and won a Scribe Award in 2008. Tim's more recent works include Star Wars, Dawn of the Jedi, Into the Void, The Rage War Trilogy, Kong Skull Island, and Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard's The Cabin in the Woods. Tim's novel Firefly Generations is the latest in a series of original novel tie-ins of the much-missed Firefly series. Tim, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Great to be here.
1: So I guess we'll get started just by asking, you know, what got you into writing and what particularly got you into horror and dark fantasy?
0: Right. Well, there's short answers and long answers to those. So I'll do a shorter version. What got me into writing? I've always loved storytelling. I've always loved reading. My mum got me into reading when I was really young. So when I was eight or nine, I was reading a book a day um, and I started writing stories probably in my, just in my pre-teens when I was 12 or 13, maybe a bit younger. So I've always written all through my teens. I was writing, I was was sort of copying all sorts of writers. I I started countless novels in my teens, but never finished any of them. Uh, None of them exist anymore, unfortunately. I sort of wish... I sort of wish I had those exercise books filled with my first attempts, but they've, they've gone somewhere. Um, As for horror, I honestly don't know. And another thing um, my mum had it or my nan had a saying and my mum as well. It's, it's um, it's the way it's the way your mum put your hat on. So sometimes you just can't track or trace why you're sort of drawn towards a certain genre of fiction, for instance, or a certain sport. It's just the way your mum put your hat on. So I've always written horror and always read it and always enjoyed it. There's very little I've written, very, very little that doesn't contain any sort of fantastical element. Two novels I've written, which are straight thrillers, but even they're really, 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 really dark. (laughs) But everything I write, uh, novel 47, I think I'm on now, um, which is pretty staggering, really. Uh, Pretty much everything contains a fantastical element and edges more towards the dark side. I've written some. I've written some alternate world fantasy novels, for uh, five or six of those. But they've been described variously as horror novels set in a fantasy world. So pretty dark and grim, really. Um, It's not reflected in my personality, I don't think. But then if I didn't write horror, I don't dread to think what I'd be like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, who are some of the authors whose work you enjoy reading?
0: Oh, many. God blimey. So, uh, I mean, an author that got me into horror, I always say, was James Herbert. And his novel, The Rats, got me into horror Um, when I was, again, my mum gave me that to read when I was maybe 11, probably a bit young to be reading that sort of stuff. But um, so at the time I jumped from reading Hardy Boys novels to reading James Herbert and Stephen King and didn't really look back. I didn't go through my teens. I didn't sort of go back to reading uh, younger persons novels during my teens. I, I just Hit the horror shelves. Uh, Stephen King is still a firm favourite of mine. Now he's one of the few authors who I'll drop another book to pick up his new novel and read. Uh, I think he's still amazing. He's he's a massive influence on me from a younger age, and that continues now. Um, other writers like uh, my my great old friend Graham Joyce, bless him, who passed away a few years ago. He's he was a fantastic writer, and I I, I keep mourning the idea that there's no more new choice books. Um, similarly, Ian Banks, he was a firm favourite of mine. And newer writers like, uh, you know, my peers, people like Alison Littlewood and uh, Paul Malloy, Paul Tremblay. There's there's just so many, so many to mention, fearing that I'll miss some out. But yeah, I'm I'm inspired by, I'm inspired by everything I read, whether in, in a positive way or negative way sometimes.
1: Hmm. That's a good way to look at it. So you're always taking something away, whether you enjoyed it or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like, I love picking up a book and reading it and being so blown away by it that I think, why the hell do I bother? You know, but that's a learning experience and it's a good, it's a good, it's a, you know, I'm I'm very comfortable with the idea that um, I'm at a certain level of my writing career and skill set. There are many writers far better than me. But I also like, you know, occasionally pick up a book and think, oh, well, that was all right. But I'm, you know, I'm, I, could, I could probably have told that story in a, in a maybe more entertaining way. So it's, it's I think it's quite healthy to it's healthy to understand your place in in the sort of oh, what am I trying to say? Not the levels of writing, but understand your your, your, cap- your capabilities and and your um, you know how far you're getting in your career and how. Not, I'm not saying how good you are. I try and be I try and improve with every novel I write. Doesn't that doesn't always happen? I have personal favourites of mine out of my books, and sometimes it's not it's not always the current one I'm working on, unfortunately. But um, that's just the way that's the way it goes sometimes.
1: So uh, moving on to Firefly, were you a watcher of Firefly when it first aired on TV?
0: Not when it first aired. So I, I caught up with it um, subsequent to its first airing and, and watched the series and really enjoyed it. And that was that was quite a while ago. And then Titan approached me to write a novel so i obviously i needed to do a rewatch which i did on my um i'm a keen cyclist and triath- triathlete so i got my static bike set up in the living room and spent a day watching uh, i sat on my bike for 4 hours and watched several episodes of firefly and started catching up with it and uh, that was uh, it was great to go back to it and rediscover rediscover the universe the verse
1: you mentioned there that you know titan approached you but yeah what was the what was the full chain of events that kind of led you to finally writing Firefly Generations?
0: Well, well, I'd um, I I'd, I'd written quite a few tie-in novels before that. I think my first tie-in novel was was either a Hellboy novel or an original novel, or I also did the novelization of Cabin in the Woods, another you know, Joss Whedon project, which took ages to be published because uh, I think Cabin in the Woods was tied up in some studio going through or something. I can't remember the specifics. So I'd done a few Titan novels, uh, some for other publishers, but I'd also done several for Titan. I'd done an alien novel, and The Cabin in the Woods was for Titan. And um, I did the Rage War trilogy, Alien Predator trilogy as well. So I had a good relationship. I still have a good relationship with Titan. And the editor there, Kat Camacho, approached me uh, to ask if I fancied doing a Firefly. I think James Lovegrove had, had, had written several by them, two or three at least um and uh obviously i said yes so uh i i get offered a fair bit of time work and I, I i never say yes to something that i don't think i really enjoy doing i've been offered a few that uh, i'm not sure that's really my thing um but yeah i jumped at this and uh it's such a such a great rich i think the fact that it's finished makes it more attractive to writers like me um, you know the Alien Predator thing uh, is still ongoing. There's still Alien movies coming out and Predator movies. Um, so it's a bit more difficult plonking yourself into the timeline and into the canon. But with with Firefly, it's it's sort of done and dusted. Although we all, you know, there's al- always the hope that maybe it'll be resurrected in some form, which would be strange with the actors now. But uh, you know, there's talk of all sorts of possibilities, animated series. I think they were talking about recently, weren't they?
1: Yeah, we're always hoping for more and more, but um, like I say, it's nice that you've got kind of like this finite amount of stuff at the minute. So that kind of leads me into my next question of what the process is developing the story, because, you know, it has to be something original to pique the reader's interest and the editor's. But, you know, did you spend a lot of time considering story ideas or did they kind of come to you relatively quickly?
0: Um, So Titan asked me for several ideas. Which which I then, you know, they 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 asked me basically for four sort of novel ideas and I gave them a paragraph each, four paragraphs. And Generations was one of them. And I, I sort of it was it was one of my favorite favorites at the time. Another one of my favorites involved Niska, the you know, the, the ultra the ultra gangster and the 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 team trying to break him out of a prison, which I thought would be great fun. Um, but I'll I'll keep that up my sleeve. But yeah, Generations was was the one that they 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 went for. And I think it probably some of the other Titan stuff I've done, like the Rage War trilogy, is a real action fest, and Generations sort of aired that way as well. In some ways, I like the idea of putting the crew into a sort of back into a sort of war mentality, in a way. So, so Titan chose that paragraph and asked me to write a, a proposal. So I, I worked on it some more and worked it into a sort of a novel proposal, and they okayed that and sent me away to write it. And that was the beginning of. That was the end of the beginning, but not the beginning of the end, even because I wrote the novel and then there was a really heavy editorial process on the novel after I after I finished writing it just to make sure I got dotted, you know, dotted the I's and crossed the T's when it came to characterization and voice and uh, canon keeping in the timeline. You know, I couldn't blow up planets that might be used in future comics and things like that, although I didn't blow up any planets, which isn't a spoiler, really.
1: So, not a spoiler, but can you just give our listeners kind of an idea of the narrative of Firefly Generations?
0: Yes. So I um I'm actually fascinated with the idea of generation ships and and ark ships. And I've written I have written a couple of other stories based on that idea. Um I wrote a novella called Rhyme, which was a a take of the rhyme of the ancient mariner in space. And that involved a, a sort of a generation ship. So um for me one of the most intriguing aspects of firefly is the idea that it's us in the future it's humanity in the future in another another set of star systems how far from here we we're not really sure so I, and uh, uh, earth that was is referred to a fair bit in the series and i i thought it would be quite interesting to try and find out a bit more get some more hints about why we fled earth that was and how so um in generations uh it, it refers to a generation ship. So the, so the crew, Mal, wins a star chart in a game of cards, which leads the crew to one of the old arcs that came from Earth that was and brought humanity to the verse, which is still it's sort of mythical, really. I like the idea of the, the mythical history in, in Firefly as well. They're, 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 a, they're a, um Earth that was, um, sort of remnants. You know, people deal in old antiques, as it were, But I like the idea of finding one of the actual ships that did it. So the crew go to find the ship with the idea of salvage. But it turns out that (laughs) it's not an abandoned ship. It's it's been placed in orbit around a um, a sort of a remote moon, remote remote planet. And the Alliance have their hands in it as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's a nice teaser amount for uh, listeners to hopefully want to go ahead and read this, uh, read, read Firefly Generations. So you mentioned that there was quite a heavy editorial process because you know these are already established characters. Um, did you find it? Did you find it easy initially writing these characters?
0: Um, I would like to think I, I got into the flow of it quite easily. I really like all the characters. Um, I mean, I should say that Inara and Book don't play a big part in in the book because they're absent from the adventures. Um, so listeners probably need to know that, but all the other characters, they're so distinctive in the series. It's one of the, some series you uh, with ensemble casts, you sort of get confused sometimes about who who's who. Um, but in Firefly, they're all so distinctive. they' all got their own real distinctive personalities and quirks and habits and peccadillos, you know, so i I, I enjoyed um getting into that. And there's some characters I sort of concentrated on more than others. I guess. I really like Jane. I tried to give Jane a bit more, uh, I suppose in my first drafts, I tried to give him a bit more empathy and humanity, but I, I sort of had to draw back on that a little bit because, you know, my editor said, no, he really is a bit of an ass. Um, so, so don't make him too likable. Uh, he's a bit of a, um, bumbling buffoon in some ways, you know, quite threatening, but I, I see him as, um, I don't know. There's, there's more to Jane. And I think we'd have found out, we'd have found out more about Jane if, the series are continued, I think. I'm sure Joss Whedon had ideas for all the characters, wheedling out their part. Yeah. Um I, I enjoyed I enjoyed doing it. I did have to, like I say, in the editorial process, I had to tweak some of the probably more some of the language than some of the characterization, I think. Um I had to get, you know, get my head around the the quirky language they use, use some more Mandarin phrases, for instance. But luckily, Titan sent me um, the encyclopedia of Firefly. So there's a whole list of Mandarin phrases in there. So I I made sure I incorporated some of the some of the great Mandarin swearing, which is great fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, what which character you said that Jane's your favourite? Um, well, Jane's my favourite character in Firefly. But um, what was there a character that you found particularly challenging to write?
0: Yeah, so I think the the novel sort of concentrates on um river in in many respects the the spine of the novel involves river and her past without giving without giving away too much to the listeners and and she's she's the most mysterious character in the series i think um so i i found it uh not difficult getting into her well her mind's a pretty strange place anyway but not difficult getting into her mind but i was i was trying to be quite careful not to develop her character too much away from you know the the uh, away from Firefly Canon really. So I found it quite difficult writing River. Um, like I say, especially as she's the sort of focus in in many respects. She's her and her relationship with someone they find on the ship is is the focus of the novel really. Um, but she's always intrigued me a lot. She's a pretty cool character I think, and the fact that she acts you know she's sort of confused and a bit woo woo, and then she can take out four guys in in three seconds. You know, is pretty cool really. So. I enjoyed, enjoyed writing River.
1: Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Pretty interesting character. My next question is Was there a character you enjoyed writing most? So, was that Jane, because you can kind of get away with saying a lot of stuff? Or...
0: I think so. I quite like Jane. Um, but also, Kaylee, you know, Kaylee's fun. I I liked that. So, there's part in the novel where Kaylee and Jane uh, are alone for a while. And I, I really love the dynamic between them. Kaylee's so honest and nice and decent. And Jane, uh, on the surface, is sort of totally the opposite it's like two opposite sides of um the same character almost fighting each other uh, but yeah i think i enjoyed jane the most uh, writing him because he's you you always enjoy as a writer i sort of enjoy writing characters who are you know have dark side and light side different depths you know so he was fun
1: so the voice acting done by james anderson foster for the audiobook is excellent mm. do you get any say in who narrates your books
0: um, no not not very often and especially not for um for tie in projects i think that's that's sort of way out of my hands uh you know my my own original novels i usually get i'm usually sent like sample uh, readings from from narrators um but even something like you know the first alien novel i did for titan was was turned into a fantastic audio dramatization by Dirk mags the legendary dirk mags um it had uh, Rutger Hauer in it and all, all that, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, I love, I love hearing from people who say how much they love it. But um, to be honest, I didn't have an awful lot to do with it. Uh, Dirk did the adaptations and and obviously the casting and all that was out of my hands. And I don't mind that. It's, it's good to hear somebody else's take on what I've written. And sometimes you, you hear stuff in there that, oh, blimey, did I write that? I'm not sure that's what I meant, but it's good, you know?
1: So we kind of touched on this already, um, but, you know, how did you approach these stories? We have an established world and characters, but, you, you know, you're a creator who wants to create, you know, as much of your own story as possible. We um, were you able to do whatever you want. We give given prompts. So you said they asked you to kind of pitch yeah. a few stories, but they did they give you any pointers as to things that they might want to see or is it kind of completely up to you?
0: Honestly, I, I think at the time it was just pictures, a few ideas. Uh and there are obviously limits to what you can do. And also, so my novel's based between um between Firefly and Serenity. So because of the timeline and because of Canon, there, there's limits to what you can do and who who you can kill, obviously. Um, you know, I can't wipe out the entire crew in a in a great in a great climax battle because that just wouldn't work. But most tie-in stuff I've done, like I did a Star Wars novel, and that was similarly left up to me, uh, unless unless my ideas intruded on stuff they were working on elsewhere. But my Star Wars novel was twenty five thousand years before A New Hope, so it was like it was literally the earliest novel in the Star Wars timeline, which is great because it meant I didn't have to read one hundred fifty other novels to make sure I I fitted in the timeline well. But they uh, edit publishers tend to give you as much free reign as as possible whilst ensuring you don't mess things up for the timeline and, and they have to ensure canon, you know, um, Kat at Titan was particularly good at making sure I didn't, uh, write a character, write somebody out of character for no apparent reason or mess up, you know, like, like there are hands of blue in the novel, for instance, and she made sure I was pretty careful about how I wrote them so that it didn't detract from people's memories of them in the series, for instance. But yeah, pretty much free reign on the story. Um characters have their own limitations, but it's quite nice to try and try and get into their heads and, and figure out, you know, what makes them tick a little bit more than you maybe see in the series.
1: So you kind of just talked about this already, but uh, basically we know of a writer uh, contracted to write for an established IP and there was kind of this brand Bible and things that they couldn't change. So you know what was the working relationship like with fox and titan and did you have to work with a brand bible i know you just mentioned that you have someone who kind of says you know you can do this you can't do that
0: um yeah so i didn't deal with fox directly on this um i did when i was doing alien books but with with this i was dealing straight with titan and they were going to fox for approvals which they i think they only did i think they only did twice i think they got the original story approved from fox and said yep go ahead and then um, when the novel was finished and edited, I think they sent that to Fox for approval. Um, so yeah, Cat, it was Cat Camacho um, and uh, a couple of other guys at Titan had a had a hand in sort of steering the project after I'd written it. But they did send me a load of. Uh, I got the, the Firefly Encyclopedia, uh, got two or three other Firefly books here. That was the Encyclopedia, especially, was priceless. Like, I probably couldn't have done it without that. Or I could have, but it would have meant watching the series like fifteen times to get references. The encyclopedia, for instance, has got almost a map of the verse, laying out the star, uh, the stars and the planets and the moons, um, and loads of uh, weapon, even stuff like weaponry. You know, Jane Jane does love his guns, but I had to make sure that uh, he used used in the same way as he does in the series, for instance. So, the encyclopedia was the it was the Bible, really. And it was it was really uh priceless for me using that, writing the book. And then Kat's input at the end was was brilliant. Um, her editorial. Kat's a, a big Firefly fan, obviously, and she's really sharp on picking up stuff that I've that I might have done wrong. So yeah, that was great.
1: So was there anything that you wanted to write that Fox or Disney wouldn't allow, or did pretty much everything you sent initially get, you know, the okay?
0: Um I think it was all okay, really. Uh, you know, other than what I've mentioned about the the editorial tweaks, I th- uh, the the one thing I didn't do in my first draft, which they which Titan tried to encourage, was looking at more the history of Earth that was and how that fed into the verse. So um, <clears throat> I had to go back in and sort of think up some more um, examples of uh, what might be on the the sun tzu the name of the, the generation ship uh that might be brought from earth it was so that was quite interesting doing that but i don't think there was anything that fox read and thought whoa can't, that can't happen you know and that that's <laughs> titan's job to make sure and it worked well to make sure that what i'd written was approved and it was i'm pretty sure it was approved without comment from or without you know without any changes from fox eventually after a couple of edits <laughs>
1: You know the stories that you've written are now considered canon. Does that make you feel like good and proud to kind of be part of this universe, or does it stress you out a little bit?
0: No, it's great. I love it. It's. Um, I, I'm pretty sure the. I mean, the alien novels I've written are, are canon as well, but I'm. But I, I don't know how that changes when it comes to you know. Um, Ridley Scott making new movies, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's nice. Uh, it, it does open you up to. I'm not as big a Firefly fan as a lot of the readers, and I'll say the same about the Star Wars novel I've written. You know, some of the readers, uh, some of the reviews mention stuff. I think, whoa, I, I wouldn't even have thought of that. You know, the way the way um, Jane said something on page forty-two, he wouldn't have said it like that. So really, I don't know. Um, so it it opens you up to um, serious fans analysis, and but that's fine. You know, I know that going in. The Star Wars novel was interesting because that was canon when I wrote it and now it's not. It's Star Wars Legends because Disney. (laughs) But then, you know, but that's fine. I was hoping to write a trilogy. And uh, I think if Disney hadn't if Disney hadn't given George Lucas four billion dollars, I might have been able to write a trilogy. But I'm not complaining. (laughs) That's
1: okay. I like that though because Disney.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, you know, there's lots of uh, there's. I think the fact that Disney took over Star Wars so far has been great. They've we've um, especially the the series Mandalorian. I thought was just a stunning bit of work. Um, And it's just nice for seeing. You know, we saw Rogue One and things like that, which is such a great film.
1: So, was there a scene that you particularly enjoyed writing? Like a favorite part of the of the book?
0: I like the uh, the sort of uh again trying not to give too much away but there's a bit of a sort of a battle on the ship towards the end and i like i like writing battle scenes in space i don't know why that's a very particular thing but i quite enjoy it and i did it on on my the the alien and predator trilogy It's it's just a wide ranging it's a it's a dis it's a far distant war in space and i had so much fun doing that so i did it on a smaller scale in generations um and I like the sort of confusion of battle and fall failing communications and the team being split up, not knowing what's happened to other members. Like, um, you know, uh, Wash and Zoe, for instance, not really um, knowing what's going on with each other. Uh, Wash suffers a bit in my book, bless him. So I, I, I enjoy writing the battle scenes, but also I really enjoyed writing Kaylee and Jane being off together. Like I mentioned before, I enjoyed their interaction between those two characters, especially when they're under threat. And they're sort of trying to help each other. You sort of see a, more, a slightly more heroic side of Jane there, I think. I think that was left in.
1: <laughs> I can say it's a long process. So I guess once you're, you know, you don't really go back and reread everything that you've written or take up a, a large portion of your life, wouldn't it?
0: Well, during the editorial process, there was, I, I probably read the, I mean, I don't know how many times I read the book, probably, you know, during the editorial process, another three or four times I went through uh completely and then there's often you dip in, dip in and out of sections to tweak stuff here and there. Um it's but it's very i don't think I've ever received a box of my books and opened it and read it. You know, the last time I read it is the last is the line edit really. Sick of it by then. I've read it hundreds. <laughs> <times. God>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> After that it's just for the fans to enjoy.
0: Yeah, it's on the shelf. You know, I've got my got my ego shelf, as most writers. <laughs> do. But, um, yeah, it, it's and it's a lovely looking book. I mean, Titan did a great job with the the Firefly novels. They all look they all look gorgeous, distressed covers, and yeah, it looks great. It looks like an artifact from the verse, the Firefly novel. I think you, you can sort of think, oh, that's been on a desert planet for a year or two.
1: <laughs> so I think we touched on this at the beginning, but you consider yourself, you know, a horror and dark fantasy writer. What is it? particularly about these genres that appeals to you so much cuz you know i guess you you enjoyed reading them when you were young and now do you enjoy writing them or do you also enjoy writing you know is it the thing you enjoy most
0: um I, I i guess like i said earlier it's i try i try not to analyze that too much but then most of what i write tends to turn into a horror or dark fantasy novel uh, i have written two thrillers and i love writing thrillers and i'm i'm trying to write um a uh, sort of thriller screenplay at the moment, um, based on one of my novels. Yeah, I, it, it's it's just the way my mind goes. So I'm writing a new novel at the moment, and I've I'm about halfway through. And I was trying to write it in my head. It's a, it's a thriller with supernatural undertones. And I sent my agent the first couple of chapters, a few chapters, and he read it and loved it. And said, "Oh, Tim, is a horror novel." I said, "No, it's not. It's a it's it's a thriller with possible supernatural undertones." He said, "It's really really dark." it's a horror novel. Uh, but that'll, that'll come out in, you know, when I finish it and, and tweak it and send it back to him and say, here's my new thriller. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Subtle suggestion, but yeah, <laughs> my, my mind just airs that way. Um, but I do love thrillers. My, some of my favorite movies I, I love, I probably, you know, I watch horror movies, but I also really enjoy stuff. I mean, I'm a big John Wick fan. Um, but I think John Wick's a fantasy movie in many respects. Uh, you know, it's a it's it's a ridiculous action movie, but it's also the world building in the John Wick films is brilliant. It's really great world building. Um, and people say it's not a fantasy. I said, well, where are the police? They're having these car chases and people getting shot and blown up and stabbed, it. and then you, you see one cock knock on his door, and that's it. So you know, it's. Um, uh, I love the world building in those films, and I, I love. Uh, I'm so sort of looking forward to four and five and um, Continental, the series. I was going to say
1: they're making a series, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
0: it's going to be so good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, You mentioned the Rage Trilogy earlier. Mm. So you wrote the Rage War Trilogy. It's a trilogy consisting of Predator Incursion, uh, Alien Invasion, and Alien vs. Predator Armageddon, Mm -hmm. uh, which collectively forms one continuous storyline. They're great. (laughs) Uh, As a horror writer, you... I mean, it must have been a dream come true for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've done a, I've done quite a few tie-in books and my my dream project was always an alien novel and uh, I almost did it 15 years ago for Dark Horse and then the editor, I think the editor left, they, they'd done a few alien novels and then uh, I wrote Alien Out of the Shadows for Titan, um, which is part of a very, very, very loose trilogy of books with uh, Chris Golden and Jim Moore writing the other two. And that was an absolute dream project, out of the shadows, because so I I also got to write a Ripley story, uh, and then leading on from that, that did pretty well, I think, out of the shadows. The dramatisation, which I talked about earlier, did really well. It was sold in like a dozen countries around the world, and it did did really did really good business, you know. So Titan wanted to do. Uh, they obviously got the rights to do Alien and Predator and Alien versus Predator, so they asked me to write a trilogy. And again, they, I was given pretty much free reign. The editor there just said, we want something which is uh, sort of quite far distant, far future, um, sort of a, a space war story, not too contained, but quite wide ranging. And that's pretty much all he gave me. And I came up with the, the sort of story idea myself and huge cast of characters, um, and the only sort of restrictions on that, which was one novel had to be alien, one had to be predator and one had to be alien versus predator, which is difficult because the whole the whole story is xenomorphs and predators, you know, fighting throughout the universe and humans involved and a bad bunch of humans as well. So I was I was given a sort of a it was like the first the first one was Predator Incursion. I think. Yeah, it was Predator Incursion. So so my editor said, oh, that needs to be sort of 80 percent predator, 20 percent alien. So I could still write some alien stuff in there. It's great fun. I had such a big cast of characters and so many people I wanted to kill that I had to go on my Facebook page and say, do you want to be a character in my Alien versus Predator trilogy? And you'll probably get your face ripped off. So the amount of volunteers, I, I had so many volunteers. So lots of my Facebook followers would probably, friends, whatever, would would probably find their name in those books if they look deep enough.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the trilogy is... Pretty dark, as one would imagine. Um, did you gain, you know, any insight from working in such a dark future like this?
0: Um, I think the story lended it, lent itself to be pretty dark. It's almost it's almost a human extinction story. Um, uh, there's a lot there's a lot of sort of upbeat moments in it. I guess a lot of valor, a lot of uh, bravery and uh, yeah like i said I, my mind just goes dark i don't see how you can write an alien or predator novel without it being dark you know you you wouldn't want to do uh, a, a similar thing to the star wars christmas special with aliens and predators it just wouldn't work it's going to be dark and grim and there's going to be lots of fighting and death and chest bursting and it's all great i love it such good fun to write especially when i was killing characters it was brilliant characters with names of my friends
1: <laughs> oh I just killed you by the way just yeah like. <laughs> so um what did you have more fun writing for you said there about how you kind of have had to split each book and then have mm. one together and like your percentages but what what did you prefer the xenomorphs or the yautja? and I'm gonna say I looked online and like there's this whole controversy about how people say this I
0: know, yeah. Do you, I, do
1: you have a particular way that you say it? But I guess when you're writing, you don't have to think about how people are going to gonna pronounce it.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably how you did there, Yaucha, I think. Youcha. Um Yeah, I, I just took that name because calling them the Predator doesn't sound right because they wouldn't call themselves the Predator. And yeah, yeah. Um uh, I, I love writing the Xenomorphs more because uh, even though in this trilogy, they're sort of, you know, they're finally weaponized and they're given there's a level of control over them by a certain group of humans and they're, uh, used as weapons. But I, I love even from the first film that they're, they're just almost a new, a new monster was created in that first film. Really. It's just almost mindless and almost unbeatable. And, uh, it's like, you know, it's genuinely like the picture was, jaws uh, in space. It's like, all it does is swim, eat and make little, Little sharks, you know that's all the aliens do. They uh, don't even see them eating as such. Do you see them biting but not eating? Yeah, so I love I love writing them. And the alien, the first novel, Alien Out of the Shadows, was probably my favourite experience of writing them because it was my first. And like, like I said, it was a Ripley story as well. And I just love. She's one of my favourite characters in movies or fiction, and I just love writing it. Great, great.
1: Um, so family seems to be a recurring theme in your stories. Uh, the Void Larks, the Excursionists, um, the United States Colonel Marines branch in the Rage trilogy, uh, they were like a close-knit family. So what inspired you to go that route with the Marines?
0: Well, family is a, is a big theme in all my writing since, since I had kids, which terrifyingly was 23 years ago. My daughter, is, she's 23 this year. That's horrifying. And my boy's 18 last week, so they're now both adults, which just it bemuses me. So, my people sometimes ask me what your greatest fear is. My my greatest fear is threat to my family, and there's there's nothing more terrifying than that. So, that always finds its way into my fiction. So, for a group of Marines on a on a faster than light spaceship, you have to try and build them as a sort of family unit, so that when something happens to one of them, you can try and get over the grief that the others suffer and how close knit they are and the fact they're on these spaceships for years at the time and they're traveling light years so they're leaving other family behind who will age differently and things like that i try to you know the science obviously isn't real in the books but i try to make it vaguely feasible some of it many scientists listening would disagree but there there's you know i did a little bit of research about fast and light travel and and time jumps and things like that it's, it's just if you if you don't create family units in in a in a book that in a story that's sprawling, then you don't really feel any loss when characters start to die, which most of them do, <laughs> unfortunately. Um yeah, I don't leave many alive.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned Star Wars. So you wrote Star Wars into the void. Um how did you initially get involved with that?
0: Uh the editor asked me to write it uh it was the same editor who I'd written a oh, which novel I'm pretty sure I wrote I'd written two Hellboy novels and one of them I'm pretty sure she was the editor on on the the first one I wrote so yeah it was just it was a great day my I remember a phone call from my agent um he phoned me and said oh we we just closed this deal on something he said by the way uh do you want to write Star Wars and I so, yes instantly I said yes he said right I'll send the details and he just had a request from the editor to ask me to write this novel and they chose they chose me because um or she chose me because it's sort of a i mean star wars is is all sort of fantasy as opposed to science fiction in my head anyway really but it's it was my novel was more sort of sword and sorcery in space because they're using force swords they aren't actual lightsabers they're you know um, slightly different weapons and the whole the whole idea of the Force is slightly different in my novel, in The Dawn of the Jedi. It's a balance, which is more realistic. I think, you know, the Force in the films, that we're familiar with it. you're either light or dark, you're good or bad. But in mine, you need to, in Dawn of the Jedi, I, I shouldn't say mine, Dawn of the Jedi is a whole comic series and you need to find the balance in the Force. So the balance between the light side and the dark side, and you need to balance yourself. And if you're out of balance, you, you're in danger of slipping towards the light or the dark.
1: And uh, I think you picked up on this earlier on in the interview, uh, but how much freedom did you have with that story?
0: Um, A little less than Firefly. So uh, I seem to remember. So I read, I I had a chat with the comic writers who were doing that series and I came up with a few ideas. Uh, After reading the comics, I came up with a few ideas and sometimes it was places, sometimes it was planets or characters I'd quite like to explore. and. every time that happened they sort of said to me oh no you can't you can't destroy that planet we've got a use for it in the future or you can't go there we're going to explore that so I sort of just came up with all my own um own idea really my own characters my own planets my own story that was set in set in the the same star system Titan star system this is pre-light travel as well so it's, it's quite contained it's a bit sort of Firefly-y in a way, in that it's contained as a star and planets and moons um, uh, and sub-light travel. So I came up with my own idea. And it does, because it's set in the same universe, and a few of the characters in the comics appear in my novel. But uh, my main character, Lenore Brock, Lenore is an anagram of Eleanor, my daughter. So um, she she is my own creation completely. And I love her. She's fantastic. She's so kickass, and um, yeah, she's a she's one of the first Jedi or Jedi, as as the, as they were called back then, apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I love her. She's brilliant. I was hoping to to continue her into a trilogy, but that like, like I said earlier, that wasn't to be. But people seem to really like her, which is nice.
1: So moving on from all of that. Your non-fiction book, Run, Walk, Crawl, uh, yeah. uh, documents your adventures uh, at trying to get fit in, as you say, your fifth decade. So what made you want to write about your trials and getting fit at this stage in your life?
0: Well, so I at the beginning of my 40s, I wasn't fit. I was a couple of stone heavier than I am now. And um, I'd always done a little bit of exercise here and there. Nothing major. You know, I'd jump on the bike and do four miles and think, that's my exercise for the month. Great. And then uh, it just something turned when I was forty-one, and I realised I had to had to turn things around. Um, so I trained for the Three Peaks Challenge with a couple of mates, a few mates of mine. Did that, and it all just went a bit extreme. And now I do Ironman races and marathons and ultra marathons and um, stupidly long bike rides. And it's um, uh, it's you know turned my life, changed my life completely. Finishing my first Ironman race, which is a extreme ridiculously extreme triathlon, so I, I wanted to write about it because back in like eight years ago, I was writing a blog called Run Walk Crawl, and I was blogging about my experiences, my races, kit I was buying. um New bike delivery tomorrow, actually, which is an exciting day. So <laughs> I just thought it was during. I started toying with the idea of of just writing it as a, a fun sort of memoir of my my sporting uh, attempts and then during lockdown i just you know sat around the house trying to work with the whole family here it, it was it became an easier thing to write because i didn't have to worry about plot <laughs> and the characters me so uh and i just really enjoyed re- remembering some of the races i'd done uh and talking about how i did it and why and the results and cake because i really love eating cake and it's the main reason i do ultra marathons because there's always cake at the feed stations. It's always good. (laughs) Um, I just had great fun doing it. And I, I thought about um, a few years ago, my agent over my UK agent had shopped the idea around to a few publishers and didn't get much interest. I thought about doing it again, but then I I thought the time is now to publish something like that. When people have been locked down, I read somewhere yesterday, the average weight gain during lockdown is half a stone. Uh, amongst people i mean i haven't put any weight on but i've redistributed massively you know uh not swimming has meant i've gone from here down to here i just love writing it and and self-publishing it through amazon was a, a another endurance event in itself but i'm quite pleased with how it turned out and people uh I, i'm in a triathlon club and most of the guys there bought it and read it and loved it because they can relate a lot of the races i talk about they've done and it's actually it's, it's a few people i don't sort of know personally they told me it's inspired them to put the running shoes on which or buy a bike which is really nice to hear
1: (laughs) and something a little different
0: yeah well exactly that yeah yeah my first non-fiction book um was just it was just fun to write and it was I didn't I I I never find writing easy like I'm halfway through a novel now and it's the worst piece of crap I've ever written in my head it's probably not but it's I, I never I never find it really easy writing um Uh, I don't know many writers that do actually some do but not many some say no it's really hard but this I found easy because it was just me writing about my hobby the stuff I love doing and it was good fun I'm hoping there'll be another one when I'm at the end of my sixth decade running walking well maybe not run walk crawl maybe crawl keeping fit in my 50s I don't know
1: (laughs) so um you've mentioned that you're working on something at the moment can you share with us a little about that or maybe whether there's going to be another firefly story in the future
0: um I'm not sure about another firefly you know Titan hadn't approached me I don't know about that So the novel I'm writing at the moment is like I said it's, it's in my head it's a sort of a crime thriller really quite contained in scope just three three main well four main characters but one of them doesn't last past the first chapter um uh, but I have got another novel that I wrote during lockdown. Not sure. I can't quite announce it yet, though, because the the contract's still being negotiated. But it's um, but that'll be out next year. That's called the Last Storm, which will be published next year by a publisher who I'll mention when the contract's signed. It's sort of a. Com- I had a novel out last year called Eden during lockdown, which is a horrible time to launch a novel. I discovered because shops aren't open, and I was supposed to go on a signing tour, which didn't happen, and. It was just, a, you know, it did it, it did okay, and it was really well received. But it's sort of climate change thriller that one. But uh, the last storm is a climate change horror novel more than a thriller, I guess. So I wrote it during lockdown, longhand. So I've got a big pile of notebooks here full of my awful handwriting, which when I had to transcribe, I realised I could hardly read. So that was a challenge <laughs> in itself. Um, but it was a nice way to write a book during a really weird period just sitting out we got garden cabin I'd sit out there and with a you know nice pen and a notebook and and a cup of coffee and write so I'm really pleased with it I think it's a great I think it's a really good book I'm uh I can say that now I finished it and put it to one side you know the the book I'm writing now is awful but I'm sure when I finish it I'll be happy with it
1: (laughs) that was my last question is there anything else that you want to share with us?
0: well we talked about the novel for next year yeah the, the if if we done this interview next week i might have been able to tell you just a little bit more but I, I i'm sort of quite cautious before the contracts you know signed and all that so i'm working on some screen stuff which again there's nothing to really <laughs> announce there but it, i'm so I'm, I'm, i've adapted i've written a pilot based on one, one of my novels with a american screenwriting friend of mine and that's doing the rounds now uh and i've got a couple of other Screen projects I'm working on developing very slowly. It's generally really slow screen stuff. Although I had I had a movie made a few years ago called The Silence, which happened in like two years. It was like they saw the book, they loved it, they optioned it, they wrote the screenplay, they made the film. Uh, Unbelievably quick process. Generally, it's more like a ten-year thing. So, so I'm hoping really I'd like to get into more screenwriting because I really enjoy it and um, being more more sort of Cynical, you know, because I, I do writing for a living. That the money is better screenwriting generally, uh, but I really enjoy it as well. I love adapting my own stuff, and I love coming up with original ideas as well. Hoping that I'm hoping something will happen with one of those projects in in the near future. Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, we look forward to it. Hopefully, yeah. yeah so, thank you very much for chatting with us. Where that- can our listeners um, find out more about you and your works online? Do you have a social media they can follow?
0: Yeah, so, uh, well, i got a website, timlevin.net, which is uh, updated infrequently, but when there's news. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, but don't understand it yet. And really, Facebook and Twitter are, are enough for me. Um, I, I've got a love-hate relationship with social media. I do, I use it a lot, but I find my, I use it too much sometimes. So I just sort of feel as a writer, you need to be on there. And it's, it's good to... You know, talk with people who read your books and and other stuff. So, yeah, so I'm I'm on there most days.
1: Awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks again for joining no, us. Pleasure.
0: Thanks, Laura. Really enjoyed the chat.
1: again love the display of books
0: yeah thanks yeah did you spot my xenomorph
1: i was i was like yeah the first thing i saw was the face hugger and i'm like wow
0: (laughs) he's a plush a plush one and i've got uh, yoda as well
1: i did see yoda in a hat
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that's my festival hat